Welcome to Paulie TV. I'm your host, Paulie Malinaji, the one and only, the two-time world champion, the magic man. Yes, yours truly. And my co-host today, Claudia Trejos. Yes. Claudia Trejos. We got to get the R. We got to roll the R's. Yes, correctly. you got to do it right. Trejos. Yes. Makes Trejos. Us, makes us official. Cousin of Machete. Cousin of Machete. Claro. Really? Of course. Okay. All I'm right. just I'm a not, plural. I'm not, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not messing with you. I'm not messing with you. Let's get right to it today. Who do we got? Jojo Diaz. Jojo, yes. are you on the phone right now? Are you on the line? There you are. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going? The X-World champion, Jojo Diaz, in the house. Before I start, Jojo, I got to ask you. Is it Jojo? Is it Joseph? I've seen both. What do you go by? What do your friends call? Because for me, my name's Paolo. I started, I turned into Paul when I moved to the U.S. And then in Brooklyn, you become Paulie. And that's, uh, that's stuck ever since. How, how, does, how does it work with you? What is your official name? And obviously, everybody seems to call you Jojo, right? Yeah, everyone around calls me Jojo, man. What's the guy? But your birth name is Joseph? Joseph, yeah, Joseph. Joseph okay. okay, all right, cool. There you yeah, go. I, you know, no, because honestly, sometimes I see like uh, these these celebs, like they get a little older, and suddenly they uh, they try to look a little more mature. Like like Danny Bonaducci became Daniel Bonaducci. You know, mm. I, I, I don't know. I never went for that. I, I stayed poorly. I'm I'm 41 and I'm still poorly. I, I, I don't want to. Be, forever I don't want anybody to call me Paul. I just, I've, I'm Paulie's fine for me. I don't. Yeah, understand. but and Jojo will forever be Jojo, and we've known each other since he was like Jojo. Just don't don't young, don't, don't go boy. Hollywood on us. Hey. Become, don't Joseph, go Hollywood on us. Yeah. Become Joseph. You're Jojo. We know Yo. you as Jojo. We love you as Jojo. You want you to stay Jojo. Maybe when I'm like 35, I'll, I might uh, have everybody calling me Jose. Jose, oh, so ah, Jose. All right. There he's, you go. He's gonna go. Uh, he's gonna go more ethnic. Jose. Yeah, Jose Diaz. Yeah, right. All right. Jose. Good stuff. I know, man. but he's gonna go the full-blown Jose. Jose. Oh, with a P. Jose. 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 Yes. That's full-blown ethnic. All right. Exactly. You gotta get in touch with your roots. Uh, not, Why nothing not? Wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So. Right now you're Jojo. We're gonna go dress you as Jojo. What's going on, man? How uh, how how is how is your new year? How's uh, how's things going? Everything's going well, man. I can't complain. Uh, my son's doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, we got a fight coming up in April. Um, right now I'm enjoying my time off. Right now I'm going to Glamis. I just bought a Samuel, so okay. I'm gonna test it out out here in the Glamis dunes right now. So <sighs> I'm I'm very excited, man. Everything's everything's going good right now. I can't complain. Good, good. How 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 old is your son now, Jojo? He's uh, a a year and three months. A year and three months. A year and three months. Have, have you yeah. have, have you been able to uh, be home a lot for him? Have you been away training? Or ha have you gotten to see him go? Because you know, at that age, they they grow fast. I, I feel from like, one day to the next. I feel like if you don't, you're away from your kid in the first year, in in two weeks, like two weeks or three weeks, and they look different already. They they grow different. Uh, have you been able to spend oh. a lot of time? Yeah, yeah. As of right now, man, I've been spending like as much time as I can with them because it's my it's my time off. Um, I just I spoke to my team saying that I wanted to start my camp again soon and I wanted to start fighting again. So they gave me the date. So I'm going to be starting my training camp. But during that, during my time off, man, that's all I've been doing. I've been spending time with my son, just uh, watching him grow, watching him, you know, enjoy the New Year's, enjoy Christmas. It's been awesome, man. It's been awesome. I've just seen him uh, develop and seen him uh, being able to walk now, yeah. being, uh, being able to talk now, saying yes. different things, man. It's just it's, it's amazing, and it's, it's not just you, it's not just you bonding with him. It's also him bonding with you. Exactly. You know? that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. It's a two-way yeah, street. We, exactly. Yeah, we we create a bond, and that's the best thing about fatherhood is about creating a bond that uh, that both both of you guys are never going to forget. Absolutely. But yeah. first things first. Remember, for as a matter of fact, when we're talking about camp, that took you away, and you took some time off to celebrate his first birthday during that preparation for the last fight against Devin Haney. That must have been tough, though. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it was tough. It, I mean, there's there's always a balance between things uh, with my, you know, with my career and with my boxing career and what I want to do as far as succeeding in, in boxing. But um, as far as my personal life and as far as fatherhood, I want to make sure that I'm there for my son as well uh, through everything, through his first birthday, through, you know, everything that he goes through, all the trials and tribulations. I want to make sure that my son knows that I go through everything with him. So I made sure that during that time when it was his birthday, I, I, I made sure that me and him spent, uh, spent some time together and I, I was able to enjoy uh, not only his first birthday, but my son's first birthday, man. It was it was such a beautiful feeling and just such a fulfillment being able to uh, be be a father to my son at just one years old, man. It's it's amazing. Yo, speaking of birthdays, Jojo, I, I you know I I've probably given you ribbed you about this before. What's up with the November twenty third birthday? I tell people, man, it's a it's a man. it's a special birthday. And when you won the world title, I was I was happy just because. All right, we got another November twenty third birthday. Is it it's, is it the day uh, that all the champs I, are born? Is I don't it know, is it man. that gives you a better but opportunity I don't, to I get don't a know title? another date. I don't know another date where multiple world champions are so born. I mean, I'm and, not saying they don't exist, but Jojo three three in one third one day. It's me. I'm November twenty third eighty. Keith Thurman, Thurman too, right? November 23rd, 88, and you're November 23rd, 92. So the, well, only, the only unfortunate thing is I'm the oldest of the bunch. I was just going to say that. But, I, let's, but, let's just forget about the year. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but, hey yo, Paul, hey, I got to start, start getting some life advice from you then. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the November 23rd babies. No, but man, when I saw you win, I was actually uh, in Miami when, I, when you beat uh, Tevin Farmer. I was at the fight. And, uh, you know, I, we were I, all there. I, knew, I knew it was, uh, uh, you know, your dreams of your life, you know, your life's work coming together. And that wasn't an easy, uh, that wasn't an easy fight to win. I wasn't even on paper, you know, Farmer had been very crafty, a very difficult guy to beat. Uh, first, let, let's start with that, you know, going, going into that world championship fight. You know, did, did you have a feeling that possibly that this could be? Want your last chance, especially after coming up short in the Gary Russell fight, it reminded me a lot of a, a, a lot of, of the way I, I went through that scenario where I lost to Miguel Cotto in my first world championship fight, and I got another title shot, and I felt like it had to happen. Otherwise, they might not be so willing to give me another title shot if I keep coming up short. What, what was your mindset going into that fight? Because honestly, man, you didn't fight easy world champions. I mean, no. You fought Gary Russell first, and then you fought Tevin Farmer. I mean, these they, you know you didn't get. You know the shot at the vacant title, or some things like that. What was going through your mind going into that farmer fight? Oh yeah, going into my mind with the farmer fight, man, it was it was sink or swim. I mean, uh, after I lost the after I lost the Gary Russell fight, I took literally five steps back. You know, a lot of people they don't realize, but boxing is a real is a really really cool sport where once you lose, a lot of people you know start having self doubt, start doubting you, and uh, you got to build your way back up. And with me, man, I was going through a lot after I lost the Gary Russell fight. I was going through a lot with, uh, you know, my management and just with me uh, as far as, you know, guiding my career and trying to, you know, make a name for myself and try to be the person that I feel like I could be. So I was literally just brainstorming during that time. Man. And thankfully, I was able to, you know, uh, get into Farmer's Ear via Twitter and talk shit to him, tell him shit that uh, he didn't want to hear. And it was spreading a lot of publicity where... Uh, people started getting engaged and people wanted to see that fight. And I ended up making that fight happen. And once I ended up making that fight happen, I knew it was a point where I knew that it was sink or swim. And it was, it was a point where either I had to win this fight or I just got to go and do something else. So uh, going, going into that fight, man, 
I knew that no matter what was going to happen into that fight, I had to win the fight, won to that fight, man. So once I got once I got that cut in the second round, I knew it was very very tragic. I knew it was pretty bad, but I paid no mind to it, man. I just stuck to the game plan, and I just knew what I had to do to be victorious, and I stuck to the game plan. And at the end of the day, man, I ended up winning, ended up coming out victorious, and uh, I ended up becoming the new world champ. You know the 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 thing about that uh, that fight too. You know with with, with Farmer, he he was he's a crafty guy. He he made a lot of guys look bad. And the cut? And what the about cut, the, cut? the cut? We have yeah. to talk about that cut. The cut as well. It's funny because you know there's a lot of there's similar there's similarities with with, uh, with with me and you in, in that way too. I remember my, my, when I did win the title, you know, I got cut against Cotto, but I had a bad bad cut the next year too when I beat Endo for the for the title. And it's the same thing. You know, you're like your back is against the wall. And was it? You know, obviously, you know, from a financial perspective, now you obviously know this now, you've won a world championship. Things change when you win a world championship. Your minimums go up, everything goes up, right? You're, you're making a lot better money. But it's also the situation where, you know, you're not just fighting for money. You're fighting to uh, accomplish your life's dream. Your, your life's legacy. work. Your life's legacy. work. You know, your legacy starts, yeah, I think you started after you win a world championship, but your life's work in general, first, you know, you're going to for that achievement of, of that world championship and, and, and that title, you know, it, it, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of things. And like you said, uh, Jojo, you know, a lot of people, you find out who your friends are after you take an L, after you take a loss, after, and, uh, and, and the, way they, the way they either stick by your side or the, way, or, not. or the way they don't stick by your side. Or you get dropped like a bad habit. I remember, yeah. and, and just to add to that Tevin Farmer fight, I remember I walked into your, into your space. They had little, like, RVs. And this was the calmest I had ever seen. Uh, Jojo is usually very hyper, very happy-go-lucky, but on that occasion, I think because of all the weight that you were carrying, you were so relaxed, and it was like, I will never forget the sentence where you said, my work is done, now I just have to show up. And then that cut, man. <laughs> yeah. That just put everything in perspective because they could have stopped, and they could have stopped that fight at any given moment. Yeah. And they didn't. They let it go. And well, talk about. And did you feel like you were in danger of, the, of the, them stopping? Was there a situation where the doctor was in the corner and and and, and making you feel like it was going to get stopped? Right, right, right away when when the referee breaks the fight, when the referee breaks the fight for the doctor to see a cut, that's when you know that all right, maybe it's 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 something a little bad. Yeah. So once I knew that once once I knew that they broke it up, and once I knew that I was getting you know engaged with the doctor, I knew that something was pretty, that I had a pretty bad cut. So I was like, all right, man, I, I still got to stick to the game plan. I still got to do what I do, but I don't want to, I don't want to scare myself either. I don't want to look up at the, you know, at the TVs or anything like that and, and scare myself either. I just got to go and stick to my game plan. So what I did was I literally just walked into the corner. I told my, I told my dad and I told my team like, yo, how about the cut? And thankfully, man, <laughs> thankfully my team told me like, Yo, it's not that bad, uh, yo, it's not that bad. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, man. Just stick to the game plan. It's not that bad. So once once they told me that, man, that, that, that made me build my confidence. And that made me just, you know, realize what, what I was here to do. And at that night, at that very moment, that was that was what I was what I was meaning meaning to do, man, was just to go out there and, and capitalize and execute and do everything I needed to do to become champion, man, because Ever since I was 11 years old, ever since I was a youngin, man, I always thought about becoming a world champion. So, and I always promised my parents, I always promised my family, 
I always promised everybody that I was to become world champion. So once I was able to give give the opportunity again to to do that, I knew that I wasn't gonna let that slip by. So I literally just risked it on. I, I I took a risk and I stuck to the game plan. I knew Tevin Farmer. Tevin Farmer is a different type of fighter. He's very slick and he's very elusive. So I knew that if I was still being aggressive and if I was still dictating the pace, I knew that it wasn't gonna be uh, as 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 damaging as to an opponent that is very dangerous that has a lot of power and stuff because Tevin Farmer is very slick. So what I wanted to do was still execute and still get be that rugged type of person to show the judges and to show everybody that I was still in charge of the rounds and I was winning every single round and that's that's what made me champion. And you know there was a a lot of talk about a rematch. I remember you guys were kind of going back and forth about that too. There was a little bit of trash talking even with the rematch. Um what ended up happening there? Did the did, did the time go by for the rematch clause, or did the time expire? What what, what ended up happening there? Because I know Farmer now yeah. is also considering going 135 pounds, so you never know. That's that might be a fight for you guys again. Man, I'll I'll, I'll love to beat Tevin Farmer's ass again, man. <laughs> if, if, the, if the opportunity is given itself, man, uh, at 135, man, I'm a whole different a different type of animal, and I just feel like uh, if me and Tevin were to fight at 135 pounds, man, it would just be a one-sided fight. Uh, Tim Farmer, he's he's a very very good he's a very very good fighter, but he ha- he has a lot of uh yeah he has a lot of flaws, and he has a lot of uh tendencies where he does the same thing, and I, I'm the type of person that that picks on those tendencies and and sees the type of flaws that you do and executes on the game plan, and that's what I did uh, that night. Um, so I just I don't know, man. Like I said, uh, the fight was a very very tough fight, but. I, I, I already knew going into the fight that I was able to just dictate the pace, and that's what I did. Yeah, you and he did a great job. And talking about opportunities, I mean, we've, we've all looked at the politics in boxing. We, we all know how uh, things function behind the scenes, and nobody was raising their hand to face Devin Haney. And you come and you say, you know what, I'm going to take this fight. You know, your fight I had just fallen through, and, I, and you said, you know, I'm prepared. I'm going to take this challenge. What was going through your head as you were, you, you had just fought so hard, you, you fought Fortuna, you came back, and you decide, I'm going to take this challenge. One person that I know has never shied away from a good challenge, but what motivated you to take this fight? Yeah, well, uh, after the Javier Fortuna fight, uh, there was multiple fights that were being uh, handed to me. Um, and the, one of the biggest fights that were to be made for myself and for my career at the time was with Ryan Garcia. So uh, me and my team were trying to make that Ryan Garcia fight happen. He was in agreements. I was in agreements. We almost had the fight finalized. And then um, all of a sudden, he, you know, he pulled out of uh, injury. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, like, say that Ryan Garcia is trying to, like, you know, dodge me or anything like that. I know he's a one of a fighter, and I wish him nothing but the best in his career. But at that point, it kind of seemed like that. So um, that was the hand injury. Yeah, and, and also, yeah, it was, it was, and wasn't yeah. Ryan supposed to fight Fortuna first, right? Weren't, yeah, weren't, yeah. He pulled up because so they, of they were mental fight issues. Each other. Yes, and then uh, yeah, yeah, so. and you took that fight too. It's like again, you 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 take on whatever challenge is coming to you. Exactly. Like I, I'm the type of person that is willing to fight whoever wants to step in the ring with me. Um, and with Javier Fortuna. I knew that uh, I knew that Ryan Garcia ended up pulling out. I ended up texting Golden Boy Promotion. I was like, "Man, like, if you guys are looking for a car, if you guys are looking for a fighter that 
that needs to fight Javier Fortuna put me in. And yo, that's not an uh, easy look, fight that looked no. good in, man. I mean, Fortuna's always like yeah, one, of these, el one of these grimy, grimy guys who has deceiving Slick, power yes. and also has like a weird style that you disrupts your time. No, he doesn't make anybody yeah, look good. Yeah. Literally, literally, after, literally, after the fourth round when I was fighting, man, I was like, oh shit, man, it's going to be a long night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we like, remember it, that corner. It, it, Man, man, it's it's just different. It's just it's literally just different fighting the guys that are are at that elite level. Um, the guys that that have been there before, that know how to use their power, that know how to use their experience, that knows how to uh, use their knowledge in the ring. And Javier Fortuna had all of that. Man, he was very, very slick and very, very hungry fighter. But I just, I just felt, I just felt like I had that. Um, I had everything. I had everything going for myself, and I knew, I knew how much. It, 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 I needed to win for, for my career and, and how much I needed to win, not only for my career, but for myself and for people in general, man, to showcase to uh, people who I am. And I wanted to just prove to everybody, man, that Javier Fortuna is not no busy man. Everybody was dodging him. Devin Haney dodged him. Uh, Ryan Garcia dodged him. A, a, lot, of, a lot of fighters dodged, um, dodged Javier Fortuna. And I want to be the fighter that showcased to everybody that this guy ain't nothing, man. Like, I, he's human just like us. He's beatable just like us. And I was able to beat him. Once I beat him, that's when we got the, the, the Ryan offer. Ryan, Ryan ended up, you know, pulling out. And then that's when Devin Haney ended up, you know, uh, saying a lot of things on, on Instagram and on social media. And once he started saying some things, man, you know me, you know the type of person I am. I ended up calling my people, telling everybody uh, that was on my side that I wanted to make the Devin Haney fight happen. And, um, you know, we ended up making that fight happen. It was a really, really good fight. I felt like, uh, you know, overall, I feel like Devin Haney is not a better fighter than I am. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm more of a experienced fighter. I'm more of a knowledgeable fighter. I just feel like he had a better game plan going into the fight. I feel like I didn't execute, I, I didn't ex execute my game plan the way I should have. I should have, you know, started a little more earlier. I should have jumped, jumped on him. Um, a little more earlier, I would say, like in the third or fourth round, uh, if I would have picked it up and if I would have, you know, build that momentum and build that that energy that I, I I brought in the seventh and eighth round, I feel like it would have just been a whole different turnout. But it is what it is. It was it was a learning lesson, and uh, I just gotta adapt from it. I gotta grow bigger. And was it so? Wh why do you, what do you attribute that to, Jojo? You started a little bit slow. What do you attribute that? Was that because because he, he seems like was that the biggest guy you ever fought? He's a big lightweight, right? I mean, he's lanky, he's tall, long at, reach, at the weight, very long, reach. long he likes, reach. He likes to fight at that range. Was it mm -hmm. just a matter of of uh, you just had to figure out how to close the range, how to close the gap, and and, and that's why you started slow. What, what do you attribute the slow start to? Because once you got going, yeah, well, you threw, was, once you got just, going, you threw a bunch of punches. Once you got going, oh, there, there were moments yeah. where you were moving your hands. But on it the took inside. him about four rounds. To and get Devin in. was uncomfortable inside. He wants to keep oh, that yeah. range. He's comfortable at that range, and he wants to keep that middle to long range. So in the moments that you did get inside, you know you made your, you made it work, and you made your hands move. But what was it that that prevented you from getting inside early? Was it just a matter of you had to figure him out, or was it just you slotted slow because he's moving around and he's lanky? Well, obviously, Devin Haney is a, a, a way bigger fighter, man. He's, he's long, he's rangy. He knows how to use his distance, and he knows how to uh, control his range. And uh, I, going into the fight, I knew it was going to be like that, so I had to fill him out a little bit on the jump. But when I was when I was filling him out, I knew I could have got in on him. I knew I could have exchanged, and I, and I was 
able to break my distance whenever I wanted to. But the only thing that was holding me back was um, just uh, the just uh, him having the opportunity to counterpunch me if I would do like little things here and there. Like let's say like I would do like a little jab, and if you were to counterpunch me, the judges would see that, and the judges would you know will give them credit because of that. So. I, I would all, I was always having that uh, in my second mind in, in the back of my mind where I didn't want to I didn't, I didn't want to jump the gun and I don't want to I don't want to overexpose myself because if I would overexpose myself it would counter me and it would look good to the audience mm-hmm. and it would look good to the judges so what I wanted to do was I wanted to make sure that when I did get in there at range I was landing very effective shots and I was hurting him and the judges would see that but he was he was he was still doing. Uh, he wasn't being uh, he was being effective in certain ways, but he wasn't being effective as far as hurting me. He was being effective as far as pleasing the judges, as far as showing the judges production. that he was yeah, he, he was being production. in control of the fight. And I'm catching. Yeah. I, I I wanted to yeah. share these cards because I I was mind blown. Uh, one card was one sixteen one twelve, and then two were one seventeen one eleven. Uh, I, I thought it, they're just a little too spread out. I mean, I think the fight was a little closer than 117-111. Yeah. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I was there at the fight. I thought Me too. 7, 5, 8, 8, 8 16, 12, I can possibly I, uh, 116, forget 112, it. I can fight. But I had it more of a 7, 5 fight, JoJo. But, but I also... But not 117-111. No, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's just, ridiculous. That's just they don't want to work and they just fill it out before they want to get <laughs> Shut up. Down. But I want to know how JoJo, you know, looking back, now telling us how he felt and how he saw that he was just a little uptight and that he had a slow start. How do you feel about those two cards, 117-111? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pissed off. Uh, not only am I pissed off on the scorecard, I'm just pissed off on my performance. I, I wish that uh, someone someone would have told me that I was down, or someone would have just gave me that uh, that that um, that, that, heads up? that uh that extra motivation to that that extra heads up that I was down on the scorecard going into the, the sixth or seventh round. If I would have known that, if I if I would have known that I was losing the early rounds, I would have turned that shit up or not. I mean, I would have just I would have just risked it all. But at the end of the day, man, like I said, it is what it is. Um, I just, I, I just got to learn from it. I just got to adjust from it. And, uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take it uh, as a grain of salt. And I just gotta, you know, know that, um, it was a learning experience and it's just going to better me. How do you, how do you, how do you see Haney stacking up in that lightweight division? It's, we know it's pretty packed with talent. Um, there's probably opportunities there for you too to slip in there with once if, once you come back and get a win or two, um, you know, there's a lot of big names there. How do you see him stacking up with the rest of the lightweights? You know what? I don't think. I personally think Devin Hayes should move up in weight. Um, I think that uh, I, I personally don't think that he should stay at 135. I uh, I think that uh, he cuts too much weight where he he depletes himself, where he's not able to carry his punch or carry his power um, that he has in training camp into the fight. Uh, and, uh, to 135 pounds. I think if he were to go to 140, mm-hmm. 147, I think he would feel more comfortable, more stronger, and he would be able to, you know, uh, land land some shots where it would be effective, where he would be able to knock knock some guys out. Well, if you think about it, he's got the height and the reach, 71 yeah. inches worth of reach. You can, I get easy one, even 147. I don't mm-hmm. see him having 
any issues going up to one. Oh, you know, you got, you got to deal with the punch of power once you start going up too many weight True. classes. You did the punch of power coming back is uh, is of another level yeah. once you start moving up too many weight classes. But I agree with you, Jojo. I, I think he's a, a big lightweight. I'm, I I can't see him staying at lightweight for too much longer. There's, he's 23. There's actually several guys at that weight. Even Tofimo Lopez, I think, is a, a big lightweight. And, and that's one of the things that uh, could move up. Teo actually said that it's impossible for his body to stay at 135. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that he fought the most for this fight against Cambosos. And when we talk about Cambosos, we, we still have Loma, we have Ryan, we still have the, you know, the very well-seasoned Jorge Linares, beautiful boxing too, uh, Rolando Romero, which of course we've known, and Isaac Cruz Gonzalez. Yeah. I think Pitbull has been an outstanding... Yeah, I think he's a fun uh, fighter. Yes, a very fun fighter to watch. So there's a, it, there's a lot of with and death mm -hmm. at 135. And it's amazing because it's been like that for a few years now. Yeah. And there's guys who are moving up and guys who are coming up from, from, mm -hmm. from that move up as well. Jojo, if, if Haney and Teo move up, I mean, there's, that basi opens there's up. basically a lot of X-130 pound world champions suddenly in the mix. So you're, all, you're suddenly not really the guy that's just coming up in weight that's undersized. If, if, if Haney and Tofimo Lopez move up, you've got a weight class full of lightweights that are actually ex-super featherweights, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the the one thirty five pound division is going to be stacked, and I feel like I feel like it's a matter of when Demahaney and Tupin move up. I think Tupin is already, you know, moving up. I think Demahaney, if you don't get the Gambotas fight, I think he's going to move up as well. So it's a matter of just when. So uh, I think I'm just my my body is personally getting more filled out at one hundred thirty five. I'm able to you know feel more comfortable. I'm able to gain gain more power, do a little more strength training where I'm able to carry more weight, but also still have the speed and I have the, have the philosophy, uh, velocity to, to go out there and perform at my best and, and to perform at a, at a high rate. And that's what I'm planning on doing. So, I mean, the 100, 135 pound division is still fully, fully stacked. So I'm just, I'm just waiting for the other opportunity. I'm hoping, I'm hoping by the end of this year, I could get an Isaac Cruz fight or mm -hmm. a Garcia fight. Um, but uh, we'll just see where, where life takes us. Right now, in your mind, who is the number one guy lightweight? It's a, it's a debate that's going on all over boxing. I mean, there's mm -hmm. different people that feel different guys are number one. Who is the number one guy lightweight in your mind? It's definitely not Combosis, man. Definitely not Combosis. Uh, I would say, I would say uh, Devin Haney. Devin Haney right now... Uh, Devin Haney right now is is the most uh, uh, sharp, sharpest fighter and more uh, more disciplined fighter that, that I that I feel that would take on the whole division right now. So you think you feel Haney beats the other guys, Cambosos, Loma, uh, uh, Loma, uh, Ryan Tintel, Garcia, Ryan Garcia. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Uh, interesting, interesting. But yeah, I like that. that. But, but again, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, again, this, this is a weight class where you're getting these, these kind of answers. You know, you, it's not really a right answer until they fight each other. So hopefully we get to see these guys all fighting each other. You know, yeah, you've got because you, you, there too. You've got a lot unless of Devin decides because, like, because, because you figure too, like Ryan Garcia, he hasn't fought anybody. No. He hasn't fought anybody tough. He hasn't fought anybody in, in, in the rank 10 at 135 for him to actually be noticeable at 135 pounds. You got Cambosas that fought Teofimo Lopez, that Teofimo Lopez was literally like a bodybuilder going into the fight. He literally had a, he was 165, 170 pounds going into the, going into the training camp where he had to drop all that weight. So uh, all that, all that depletion, 
he, uh, I mean, Teofimo Lopez had composers hurt. He had him out. He had him out, I, I believe, in the ninth round. We just some technical difficulties. Yes. Why the Wi-Fi? Yeah. Hey, Jojo, you there? But I remember that fight. In that we, we I, I mean, that, that flash, flash knockdown mm -hmm. that Cambosos did to Teo, you could see Teo was still there, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it was. But so, but it was not the same. Cambosos recovered, and I still don't understand how he recovered. And all of a sudden, he got his legs back. But he's, and I'm he's thinking, a, like, how? Yeah, that's that's Cambosos' bread and butter. Is that you know that that stern backbone you know it's impressive he comes through but you know it's funny because a lot of aussie fighters have that you yes know, going back to jeff fennick a lot of guys from australia tend to be this these you know is it the water i don't know I, maybe it's just the way they raise them over there you it's know, incredible guys, i mean it's people, you know? yeah it's you know they, they i never felt cambosos was in trouble in that fight you know no 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 like he fell down he, even when he went down i just i never no, felt like he it was a because he wobbled a little bit and then the ref went up to him and he's like fine he looked at his dad and that's when he spit blood and everything mm -hmm. on on our table and then he came he came back and, and 100 percent great round i think the next very next round and my point was it wasn't Dale was not in that fight because once he had him, he didn't close the gap and he didn't just finish it off. Nah. He just allowed Combosos to recover. It just looked like a little bit of a an on edge Tofimo Lopez. You know, Jojo made a good point. You know, he maybe he you know he gone up uh, gone up into mm -hmm. the weight into the training camp very heavy. You know, he is a big lightweight. Um, so when you're big at the weight, you need to make sure that the in between training camp time is also spent doing some kind of training. Yeah, because not just big, let it go. When you're big at the weight. And you don't do anything in between training camps, you're gonna start uh, extra heavy. Well, training camp becomes hurt. weight loss camp. Yeah, yeah, you know. But I, you know what? I'm gonna throw something here on just because we gotta throw this subject matter. And he's alluded. I'm talking about Tofimo. He's alluded to his mental state mm -hmm. on a regular basis. How he was not totally there for that fight. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of moving parts. But we've talked about that in mm -hmm. many fights, many fighters. You know, life does happen. Yeah. It does. So it does. How, but how do you switch it off? Like in your case, Polly? Well, you know, it's a it's a situation where I, I saw Ray Leonard say this once. You know, part of being a star is understanding how to handle all of it, understanding how to handle fight week, understanding how to handle training camp, understanding how to handle the time in between camp, understanding how to be a star. You want to be a star, it takes more than just you know, being a champion. Being a champion is already very difficult, but then there are champions that can become stars. If you want to have that stardom and being a champion, you've got to understand how to have that maturity when there are things that can distract you, when there are things that can get in your way uh, and, and, and take your mind and focus away. You know, and, and sometimes, especially at a young age, you know, you're I was dealing, just gonna you're dealing say with that. a lot of that. But that's also what made Leonard so special, too, speaking of a guy who did it, right? Yes. I mean, he's a guy, you know, he won a championship at a young age, and he had the mental maturity and the mental makeup to, you know, stay in there. Even though he lost the, the loss of the rain fight. You know, he lost the rain fight. He had the, the mental makeup, mental capacity to come back and win it and uh, and then uh, come back and beat Hearns and, you know, just all of that. So Leonard I, is I Leonard, and then like him, we have we can also refer, refer to stars like Vargas, like Golden yeah. Boy, like Bernard Hopkins. Yeah, even Mayweather won a world title very young. Yeah. You know, the, the main goal, and, and sure, Floyd had all the flashiness, all the possible distractions. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, nothing could distract Floyd away from wanting to be the best. He, he loved the distractions, don't get me wrong. I mean, Floyd liked the big cars, the big money, the flash money, the flash life, all this other stuff. We see, we've seen around Floyd Mayweather ever since he started winning world championships. But you keep 
the main goal, which is to be the best. If you want to be the best, no matter what distractions are going to come in, because undoubtedly, undoubtedly distractions will come into your life when you're a champion. But you still have to show up. But yes, not only do you have to show up, but how hungry are you? How, How much do you want to be the best? Do you just want to be a star or do you want to be the best? When you want to be the best, you start to handle the stardom with it very well. If you mm-hmm. just want to be a star and, 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 and you don't prioritize being the best, then being a star is going to be much more difficult, you know? Holy. Yo, oh, we got Joe. Joe, Joe, we got yes. you back, man. What's going on? Hey, hey, sorry, my phone died, man. But, uh, oh. <laughs> all good, all good. There's something called the charger. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I, I'm just saying. We're going to get you those portable ones, too. We'll, we'll send you one of those, I'm, I'm, like, packs. I'm in an RV right now, so, like, my bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, my I had my, my, my lawyer, Steve Besh. Oh, his phone was never, ever worked. He's always dying. What? Steve, uh, fo- a Joe, lawyer you know without Steve a Bench. wait. Stop. Oh, phones always Joe, dying. Joe. Every time I call him, his phone's always dying. Jojo, have you ever heard of a lawyer without a phone? I've never hey, heard of that. That's a, hey, that's, hey, that's a sign you got to fire him. Ah, exactly. No kidding. <laughs> Jojo, we were just talking about. I don't know if you got a chance to get a glimpse of the conversation we were having, and it was about mental state and stardom, and and obviously distractions, and what makes, you know, a bad day. Just it just becomes a bad day, but it doesn't define you. You just have to keep going. You have to pull through. Uh, we've had candid conversations where you've had one of those dark moments, but you still push through. What's the one thing that you keep in mind to keep pushing through? Um, well, we'll keep, we'll, what keeps me in mind is my son now. Um, I have a lot of, I have a, you know, there's a lot of trials and tribulations that people go through. Um, day in and day out of, of everybody's lives, but it's a matter of what you want and what makes you truly happy, and what um, makes you want to keep going in life. And you got to find that. You got to hide. You got to find that if factor. And with me, that that if factor is providing providing a future foundation for my son and 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 bettering his lifestyle uh, through me and through my foundation and through what what I'm able to provide for him. So um, that that is basically what what is meaningful for my life that makes me, you know, cancel out all the, all the negativity that I have in my mind, all the bullshit that goes through, you know, the anxieties and the depression. I always got to make sure that I'm always thinking positive, not only for myself, but for my son, because I want to make sure that I have that positive mindset and that strong energy. So that way, when my son goes through that, he can see that I went through that and he, and he could push forward. So you want to basically it's one of those things with uh, leading by example. Yes. Know, so, and, and that's the thing. Exactly. Kids were kids are impressionable. You know, when we're kids, we're impressionable. And then you realize, uh, you know, when you're an adult that kids are impressionable. So you say one thing, you say what the, you tell them what to do is one thing. But when you lead by example, when exactly. they see you following the advice you're giving them, that example plays a big part. Yeah. You walk your plays talk. Plays a big part. Yes. You know, I, yeah. I, I, that, yeah. that was a big influence on my life with my grandfather. You know, I was like, hey. and the influence I didn't want to listen to anybody, but I started to notice the way he lived and the way he lived his life. And that's kind of the, the, the what you're explaining here, Joe. And you've done that also with your siblings, especially with your young sister. Mm-hmm. You've led by yeah. example. So, yeah, you know, kudos to you. Because, yeah, thanks to Claudia. But, you know, it's it, that, that's the thing I think anybody in life, I think when, you, when you're trying to give advice, it's, it's nice to give advice. It's nice when you've experienced it, but it's even better when you're taking when you show your advice it. because that way people can understand exactly how it works. So, Jojo, I, I totally get what you're saying there. Yes. I want, speaking of motivation, speaking of what motivates you, so we talk about, you know, you're, you're getting ready for camp for your next fight. Anybody you're looking at or uh, uh, to take on in the next fight, I know you're saying by the end of the year you wanted somebody like a, like a Garcia or a, or a Pitbull Diaz or a Ryan Garcia, but who, who's are you looking at, who are you looking at in uh, uh, April or May? 
Well, I was literally trying to target Isaac Cruz. I'm trying to get the Isaac Cruz fight. Um, I've been pushing with MCK and uh, Golden Boy Promotions to give me the Isaac Cruz fight. Um, they said that it's uh, they sent they sent an offer, uh, so we'll see what they try to say. Um, but if we don't get that that Isaac Cruz fight, I definitely want to fight somebody like Jorge Linares, uh, somebody that that um, that is in, in is still in the top ten and somebody that is still very dangerous, but uh, somebody that I know that uh, is going to take me to the top again because I want to showcase to everybody, man, that you know 135 pound division is still open. And I, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm a major threat at that, that weight, and I feel like I'm a major contender. So once I once I beat one of these guys, and once I get rid of you know Isaac Cruz or Jorge Linares, it's gonna put me right back to the top. Personally, I, I'd love to see you with Isaac Cruz. I think stylistically, it's a it's a, a great a, a fight. Great fight. Yes, you, you guys, the frame on you guys, yeah. you know, you guys are both those styles. Little, little short for the weight, but you both know how to make explosive, how to, how to fight. You know how to make that to your advantage. Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, man, I feel like uh, with me and Isaac Cruz, it'll be a very, very entertaining fight because he's the type of person that wants to, you know, dictate and be very, very controlling and be aggressive. But I'm the type of person that likes to fight in the pocket. Yeah, and you're, guy yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. he doesn't have to find you. He won't and have you to find you. And you love to stay in that yeah, little yeah. gap. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if he, if he wants to be aggressive and he want, if he wants to bang with me, then so be it. But best believe you're going to be getting four or five punches coming back at you. What do you it's, think of his punching power? Um, I don't know, man. It just... I see Isaac Cruz. He's he's a little small. He's a little smaller than me. He's about five four, five five. Um, he, he's a little stocky. I just don't think that he has that punching power that would be uh, as effective to hurt me. I think uh, I think I'll be able to you know just catch his punches and just the e eat those punches and and just counter 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 punch. Him. The reason I ask is because I've. I've never seen somebody back up Javante Davis the way he did. No, and and Javante can box. So obviously Javante was able to fight on the back foot. He was able to capably win the fight, uh, even though, you know, he, he was uh, uh, put under pressure and under duress. He had to work for it. But I, it made me think, okay, maybe this guy has punching power, has to be respected because I, I've never seen Javante, who himself carries a lot of power, mm -hmm. um, start to back up and fight on the back foot. I'm granted he was able to do it, but it, it, that's why I answered that question. I wanted to... Uh, I was thinking like, okay, maybe he's, this guy has some kind of respectable power. I guess you don't know until you're in the ring with him. But nonetheless, I, he is a little well, bit on the but, slower but, side. But let's let's. I, 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 I just personally think that Javante Davis probably had hand injuries going into the fight. Okay. And he ended up he ended up injuring his hand in the fight where he wasn't able to be the fighter that he wants to be. I think that if Javante Davis was uh, the person that was just walking him down, catching and countering, he would. He would have got Isaac Cruz out of there. Mm -hmm. I just think that he ended up, you know, having having some type of injury during training camp, where it it added on to the fight, mm -hmm. and it got it, it ended up getting worse. Where he had to, you know, switch up the whole game plan and just win the fight. Yeah, no, and he, I, I, and I, I don't he mean brilliantly. Yeah, he boxed well. He boxed beautifully, but I I don't want to show any disrespect to his power. But we need to qualify. Numbers can just be numbers, but we need to qualify those knockouts. Who did they come against? No, I don't and do that anymore. Diego Magdaleno. I, Diego I Magdaleno. Was, I can't do it, Claudia. Not when I seen guys like Marcos Maidana and Ricardo oh, well. Torres come from that part of the world, the Central and South America. They come up fighting nobody, and these guys hit like rocks. No way. <laughs> I, I seen fair. it a couple of times. That's My, fair. I saw Marcos Maidana. I'm like, who did this guy fight? And then He's knocking everybody out. I saw Ricardo and Torres no, years ago. Chino, who this guy out? And he's well, knocking everybody not, but out. But we knew who El Chino was because we had we we, we saw were him against Kotelnik yes. in Germany. But that was it. Even yes. Ricardo Torres when he fought Cotto and Georgia, Georgia, saying, Georgia. I don't know if you remember this fight when Ricardo Torres and Cotto. I mean, he I came up. He came can, back. And nobody knew who Ricardo Torres was. He was the number one contender. He dropped Cotto twice in the fight. Almost I knocked him out. 
And that's um, when we realized that Cotto could be a little chinny. Let's not but forget. But Ricardo him. was knocking everybody out. I know. I know. <laughs> at 140. He continued to do it. It was at 140. But let's be clear. Gervonta showed that Isaac Cruz has beautiful boxing, which is what we not, we're not used to seeing Mexicans with that style of boxing. Yeah. We, we, we're used to seeing, you know, the Mexican style, brawlers, you know, but, vertical but and flat-footed. But I thought, I thought Pitbull pressured Gervonta well. That's what I'm saying. We saw yeah, that yeah, beautifully. Yeah. Pitbull, he, he, he really did pressure him very, very, very yes. well. But Javante Davis, he never showed any signs of hurtness. No. He never showed any signs of him pain. Being actually, no. actually, I enjoyed. He was the, never in I trouble. enjoyed seeing the versatility Javante showed in that fight. Honestly, yeah, I, exactly. I, I always felt like yeah, he, had he was the very calm and very selective. Yeah. He, I, he did very well. Yeah, I, I always felt felt like he had the athleticism to box that way. But he was, you know, people were getting so, uh, uh, you know, stuck, just just stuck, and just so uh, obsessed over his power that they they were forgetting that this kid might have this kind of ability. And so he does. I think it was it was good that he got to show that as well. Now but I'll we, tell you what. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna ask. This would be uh, a fight that might happen at the end of April or mid April. It's going to be uh, uh, early April. It's going to be uh, uh, on the Ryan Garcia card. I'll oh. be the co-main event. I'll tell you what, though. There you go. I Elimination hope, I hope fight. I it's Pitbull and not Jorge Linares. Because I think Jorge Linares has been had a great career. But that means, I don't know, it's... it's, it's 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 a good fight. I'm gonna be wrong. I think Ring, Jorge is still top ten. Like, yes, in ring yes, lightweight, right, Joe, exactly. right, Jojo? Is Jorge he's still top, top five? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he's still. I top feel 10. like he's on the slide. I feel like you are hungry. Uh, Pitbull is hungry. I just feel like from a mentality standpoint, you know, it's a uh, it's a better fight. At least, I mean, in, in my opinion. I mean, listen, you can't take away Jorge Linares as far as as far as his accolades, but I feel like there comes a point in your career where you're you're not the same kind of fighter mentally. It would be great for you to get a win over him. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? But I, I yeah, but I, I, from a I, fan, I'm, not, I'm a fan, right now, right? So me, I feel like as a fan, JoJo and Pitbull is, is the fight I, I would rather see. Because I, I want to see that excitement. Styles oh, make fights. Absolutely. Yes, and I, I'm I'm the type of person too that you know I I don't want to you know take on a, a Jorge Linares that is already old and washed up. I don't want to be him like that, man. I'd rather take on a a young hungry fighter like Isaac Cruz that is trying to make a name for himself, is that is hungry and ready to go, is very dangerous, and is uh, uh, a person that is, you know, trying to trying to make a name for himself because I'm that's the type of fighter that I am. And I'm willing to go out there and leave it all leave it all out in the ring. So I'm really I'm I'm hoping that we actually lock in this deal. Uh we already shot them the offer, we're just waiting to see it back. And George, he's kind of in the situation you were in. I mean, you don't, you don't have a world title, but he's kind of still kind of, you still represent a big name in boxing. Mm -hmm. He's kind of in the situation you were in after yes. you lost to Gary Russell. Where he has like, oh, nothing to lose, really. You know, yeah, he looked good in, in, in losing, but at the same time, he need, now he needs to get, get a win. There's only, yes. so, there's only so many moral victories boxing will allow and, you. And you know? what better name so, to have absolutely. than Jojo Diaz? Yeah, so he, I, he's going to be it, in the same it, situation. It, you understand yes. the situation he's going to be in if you get that fight. Yeah, it's a it's a win win for both of us, man. I mean, obviously we both you know came off of losses with tough opponents, but now it's a it's a it's a matter of who wants it more. Yeah. And I think that this fight this fight is going to be the challenging and the aspect of of who wants it more. So if me and Isaac Cruz were to fight, whoever wins that fight goes out and fights the champion. Yeah. I, I I think that I think that it, it it makes perfect sense, and I think that uh the fight fans will love it. I think that the boxing fans will love it. And uh, that's that's the type of fight that I want, man. I'm 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 calling Isaac Cruz right now. I want to fight him. 
And you know what? You said win-win. I'll, give, I'll add one more to that. It's win-win-win because for, even from a fan's perspective, it's that kind be of a fight, great is, fight. Is, is the kind of fight you want to see. Two hungry yes. guys. You know, you guys are teetering because you're coming off a loss, so you both of you are in a position where you have to get a win. And you are both good fighters. You are both still in the prime of your careers. Um, and so mentally, you'll be ferocious. Physically, you're still exactly. very capable. You're, you're, I love when two guys are at, a, are at a point in their careers. I hate to say it even a little bit on a desperate side, but it, it makes them such ferocious fights. Speaking of the Javante Davis and Isaac Cruz fight, I keep talking about this fight that I saw on the undercard of that, of that show was uh, Sergey Derevinchenko and I love uh, Carlos Sergei. Adamas. Yes. You know, I, 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 these guys are like on the edge. Like They're both excellent, excellent fighters, but they haven't crossed over yet. They both needed to just get that win, and they got to face each other. And you could see the ferocity in the fight as well as the skills. You know, again, from your perspective, it's more work, JoJo. But from a fan's perspective, I mean, we that's love the kind it. of fights we love yes. to see. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> we love it. So, you know, because speaking as a fan, uh, we hope you get that, uh, that, that Pitbull fight. Yo, before I let you go, I got to bring up something. I remember in the Gary Russell fight... Um, the, the fighter meetings, you, you brought up, uh, you, you're talking with your father. I don't know if it was the Gary Russell fighter or if it was another fight actually earlier in your career where you fought on Showtime. But I remember in the fighter meetings, your father saying you guys started boxing. When you started boxing, he learned to teach you from reading books. Did yes. I remember that correctly? Yes. Did I remember that correctly? Yeah, yeah, he, he, That's an unbelievable story, bro. I don't know how you still talk about this more often. That's crazy. That's unbelievable. You, you became an Olympian and a world champion, bro. Based I don't understand how you still talk about this like every second. That's, Love, a, that's, a, that's an anomaly. <laughs> Yo, re reading books and going off of YouTube too, man. That's, that's what I'm saying, bro. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me, you're telling me with no YouTube, you, maybe you wouldn't have become a world champion and uh, <laughs> and, 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 and an Olympian. You it's see what I mean? This is a commercial for YouTube right here. This is a walking commercial for YouTube. But wait, let's not talk. Let's not take away the Yo, fact YouTube that JoJo fans, was fans. born to fight. Of course. He did, I mean, he would have picked a fight in any corner in L.A. Still. But, but it, it, he know? was able to do it right. He was able to get the right he, teaching. You his can have boxing a, is beautiful. You, his fundamentals able, are there, man. Of course. You don't get the Olympics without, without the proper fundamentals. Yes. I always tell people, you know, you know how to fight. When you, when you win in the amateurs, you know how to fight. Sometimes in the pros, you got a lot of power. You got, a, you got an intangible. But your footwork is not there. Yeah, you have an yeah. intangible that will win you. But when you win in the amateurs, you know how to box. But JoJo because knows. All, because you got to know how to box to win in the amateurs. I, I only have one beef with Jojo, and I've had this since we've known each other for a long time, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yes. Jojo, what is it, Jojo? It's because I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I love you for that, but you know what? I, I have faith. It's going to happen one day. But Jojo, make sure you teach your son then, all right? Make sure your son grows up Make sure your son grows up learning Spanish then. Learn, learn, from the, learn from what you learn from the mistakes. Teach your son exactly. Spanish. He, he better know Spanish, man. Also, I'm going to beat his ass. Oh. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yo, JoJo, it was a Thank great... You, it was, JoJo. It was great having you on, man. Great chat. We wish great you the best in the future. Man. We hope you get that pitbull fight. It. And if you don't, regardless, we wish you the best. Thank you, man. And Thank we're, we're going to be time. watching. Yep. Always. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. I love JoJo. Yeah, it's great. I, I get so inspired. I get It's it's a happy feeling. Yeah, personable, a good, good kid, and uh, a great conversation. Yes. Great conversation. Yes. We hope you guys enjoyed that. We're today. done? Yeah, we're done. That's it. We, that we, we bring on people on the show. We have Are you that quick with everything, Polly? Depends Concerning, how, depends, don't depends how good of a time I'm having. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed this, this edition of Polly TV, and we'll see you next time. Use. <laughs>